Welcome back to another episode of The Mac Rumor Show. Hartley, how's it going, man? How you feeling? I'm good. I'm probably better than you're feeling. Yeah, I, uh, I had a rough week on my birthday, which was not the best uh, time to get violently ill. But thankfully, it's one of those 24-hour... Actually, this was only like eight hours of feeling like absolute garbage. But then, you know, the other uh, 16 hours being mild like where you would take it like you know you feel like at one point you might end up dying (laughs) during that eight hour stretch and then the rest of it's like you know what i think i could survive this yeah that's kind of how it was but i'm all good uh i apologize if i am slightly low energy but i'm going to try to keep it as uh upbeat as possible because our main topic is going to be you know another wish list because that i think is honestly the best way to lay out what us users want to see and uh, it's a good co- like topic of conversation. But before we get into all of that, uh, we do have some news, which kind of seems depressing. It's been a lot of like, hey, remember those cool things that you were potentially going to get in the next year or two? Yeah, you're not getting that anymore, which or at least not right now, which makes it's me always really... the way that it goes. It's always <laughs> the way the, the rumor cycles work. But it yeah. feels like over the past week, we've had a whole bunch of stuff where we thought something was happening and then the next day, oh no, actually it's not. Um, and you know, I, I don't like the people that say like, could you just not talk about this because uh, it seems like you're just wrong or your sources are wrong or you're making this up. No, it's just our job is to, well, your job specifically is to report on the news as it happens in real time. And uh, guess what? Things change. So we're just yeah. giving you the heads up. You know, it's not like it's wrong or we're just making things up. The sources are very legitimate. It's just, unfortunately, things change. And so with that said, uh, we'll start with the 27-inch display that was, you know, the follow-up to potentially being the follow-up to uh, the studio display. Uh, that's no longer going to be happening with ProMotion, at least not for now. Um, how do you feel about that? Uh, I find it really depressing, actually, because I was really looking forward to this display. I purposely did not buy a studio display. I really wanted it, but I did not buy it because I thought that uh, it's coming. The the, the display with ProMotion, Mini LED. I love Mini LED on the iPad Pro um, and in the MacBook Pro, and I really like ProMotion as well. So I thought, I'd hold on, I'll hold off for a little longer. I'll save a little bit of extra cash for it because it obviously was going to cost more. Um, and I, I've waited it out. And uh, Ross Young told us last year on this uh, on this very podcast that it was coming. Uh, I think he said uh, in the first quarter of this year. And obviously, we're getting to the end of the first quarter, um, and that hasn't happened. And now he has said that it basically seems to be off the card, off the cards. Um, apparently, Apple did receive some panels for it, so there was movement in the supply chain. It wasn't; uh, it's not; it's not a fiction. These these panels did exist. We're not just making up but, rumors. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, yeah, so it seems that it's now not happening now. Now, I should say it doesn't seem to be completely cancelled because what Ming Chi Kuo has said right. is that uh, it is still coming, but probably not until. Uh, late next year early 2025 sort of time so whether i'm going to be able to keep myself from buying the studio display for another year 
No, see, I that's where I say if you are in need of a monitor and you want something as close to an Apple Retina display, just bigger, like your only two options, well, three options uh, are the studio display, the pro display XDR, and honestly, the the 27 inch or the 24 inch LG uh, monitors that Apple collaborated with. Well, that's what I've got. Yeah, that's what I've got. Those, and so that's but, why I struggle to justify it. But as you know, after a certain time, or after a certain amount of time, those monitors become dog water. And so you need to eventually update. Unless yours is working out okay, but everyone that I have had. Mine is, but I've got the 24-inch okay, one. And people okay. mainly seem to have issues with the 27. And that's what I was going to say. My 27-inch, ghosting, horrible burn-in, just terrible. Uh, after a certain amount of time, it was very good. I loved that monitor um, for you know a couple years that I used it. The 24 inch, perfectly fine, perfectly fine monitor. So if you can settle for a smaller monitor uh, and you do want to save quite a bit of money and still get that incredible like Retina crisp display, very Apple like. Just think of your MacBook just being projected on a you know larger display. Um, that would be a good option. But honestly, if you're on the fence for a studio display, it's within your budget, just get it now and then sell it when the new ones start heating up. You should be able to still make a decent amount. Basically, it's like you're financing your monitor for a little bit. Well, this is what happens with with any Apple device. If you sure. hold off on buying it for a while, you sort of think, oh, well, I've sort of held off, so I may as well keep waiting. I've already waited like a year. I may as well keep waiting. And this is this is the problem I think uh, a lot of us get into sometimes. So I don't know. Next time I go to an Apple store, it will be uh, it'll be dangerous, to say the least. I've had people ask me if, if getting a Pro Display XDR, or not even just asking me specifically, or I've seen questions out there online, people too, being like, uh, is getting a Pro Display XDR even worth it at this point? Because it's older. Uh, there's probably going to be a refresh at some point here. Uh, but I still think it's one of the best monitors that you can get. Uh, and personally, if you could find a good deal on it, uh, something in your budget, like thinking about what's next, if you don't need any of those rumored features, and this goes to any display, uh, I would just bite the bullet and jump on it now. It's still a great monitor. Like, even though it's outdated in terms of like product cycles, it's not anywhere near as outdated as some of the other, like there's nothing else that exists like this. So No, and display products do last longer. Way um, longer. Apple tends to leave uh, its display products for the longest time uh, before refreshing it again compared to other product lines. So generally, when you buy a display, you are probably good for five years, eight years, maybe even longer than that. There are still many uh, Thunderbolt displays from, what, 2011 that are still great. They're not Retina, um, but they are still absolutely more than usable. So... So do you think ProMotion is one of those things that's like, like say you have a studio display, okay? Uh, you bought one now, you're like, I'm not waiting anymore, I'm just gonna get this and we'll see when the other one comes out. Do you think basically the same monitor as a new 14 or 16 inch MacBook just up to 27 inches? Because that's pretty much what you're gonna get, mini LED, ProMotion. Do you think that that's worth jumping from the current studio display to that one when it comes out? Uh, yes, if you're the sort of person that buys a MacBook Pro over a MacBook Air. Um, okay. I think okay. that's a, a pretty good rule of thumb for that sort of situation. So ProMotion is one of those things where every time I think about it, 
because um, my studio display or uh, my pro display does not have promotion and i use that all day every day and then i occasionally go you know somewhere else to work for a little bit i pop out the macbook and it's one of those things where you don't think about it until you use it and you're like damn this is nice like i i kind of miss this i wish this would be on a bigger thing so like is it something that i absolutely need no probably not um would I need to like kind of see how much of a price difference it's going to be? Yeah, I think I'm in that boat, but like it probably would be really nice on a much bigger display. I don't know. I've just never experienced it on anything that large. Yeah, it, it would be um, uh, quite a quite an attractive product to a lot of customers, I feel, um, for that yeah. reason. And when you bear in mind some of the other things that Apple could definitely improve on. What about the uh, the webcam of the studio display, which is not great? Um, and if that was to be a better quality camera as well, and presumably it will have a newer chip, which so instead of the A13, maybe if it has something like the A15, that will have a newer image image signal processor. So uh, you should get better photography. And the other big thing for me would be daisy chaining, because you can't daisy chain the studio display because it only has one Thunderbolt port. The LG displays we just talked about, they do. They've got two. Um, and that to me seems like a, a bare minimum. So yeah. if this slightly more expensive display also lets you daisy chain it um, and it's got a bit of a better camera, for me, that's a done deal, um, even if it's a, a few hundred dollars extra. Hey guys, just want to take a quick minute to let you know that this episode of The Mac Rumor Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. You know, internet service providers operate like monopolies in regions they serve, and even worse, ISPs are no stranger to selling your internet activity to other big tech companies and advertisers. That's why, to prevent them from seeing my internet activity, I use ExpressVPN on all of my devices. ExpressVPN is available across all platforms. I use it on my computer and my smartphone primarily, and it encrypts all of your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server. So those ISPs can't sell your activity, which includes a list of people you've messaged, sites you've visited, and even videos you've watched. And no, incognito mode does not prevent this from happening. So I cannot recommend ExpressVPN enough. It's safe, simple, and incredibly easy to use. Just download the app and you'll get it up and running in just one tap. Best part is, other VPNs slow your network connection down, but with ExpressVPN, your internet is still fast. That's why it's rated number one by countless tech publications, and it's why it's my go-to VPN. Visit expressvpn.com slash Mac. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Mac, and you'll get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash Mac to learn more. The next thing I wanted to talk about would be the iPhone 15. Um, and unfortunately, that is not going to get a certain feature for now. And it looks like that's going to get pushed, which is a bummer because it's one of those features where I don't care, but I also do care because I want to see it and how this would work. And it's intriguing, isn't yeah, it? It's one it's, of the ones that was sort of fascinating to see how they would implement it and what it would yes. feel like. And it would be one of those things where... A lot of the iPhone features that every year uh, when you get a new iPhone, you want to try things. I mm. guarantee last year uh, when everyone was opening their new iPhone 14s on uh, on launch day, people were not saying, you know what I really want to try? The photonic engine. No, yeah. People really want to see, you know, oh, is the, the camera bumps bigger? What's the 48 megapixel camera like? And something as uh, as tactile as buttons, that's going to be the first thing you're going to want to see out of the box. Yeah. So it's a shame. 
if that's not going to be the case. So, yeah, it seems like, according to reports, that the solid-state buttons, the haptic engines that are going to be added in to replace the physical buttons and give you that kind of like software feedback vibration that we get with the what iPhone 7. Well, I guess the current SE um, still has that home button. All the track pads for MacBooks have yep. that track, have that same type of haptic engine feedback there. Uh, so yeah, that's not going to be happening for the buttons, at least not right now, according to reports, because of unresolved technical issues, which could mean anything. Uh, so, I think yeah. the question that remains with this rumor that's really interesting is not so much when it's coming, because if it was that close to coming this year, it seems very likely it's going to come next year. The thing to me that I'm really interested to know is, are they actually going to change the design of these buttons this year, even if they are still physical buttons? Yeah, so, so is the, the elongated switch, volume button? Yeah, the elongated sort of rocker switch um, volume button and the change from a mute switch to a, uh, a mappable mute button, a sort of action button, because there's no reason why that can't remain. And at this point, all of the case makers... And all of these sort of accessory manufacturers have been assuming that these are fixed buttons. So yeah. if Apple completely changes this at this stage, um, there's going to be a lot of accessory manufacturers that are not too happy. And so that makes me wonder, maybe Apple just doesn't care about those accessory makers, especially if they've obtained that information through sort of uh, shady sources. But even so, it might be a little bit too late to completely revert the design. Maybe we will still get that action button. My guess is the manufacturers that work the right way with Apple know way in advance like not to do something if something is not going right. Uh, so my guess is Apple probably stays in close contact with them and says, hey, you know, don't, don't necessarily start manufacturing on this. Um, and then the other ones that obtain, you know, not the correct way, Apple definitely doesn't care. So, yeah. uh, and, and honestly, my guess is to help out those other people, um, my thoughts are if they're not going with this implementation that they originally wanted to do, then they're probably not going to change it at all. And that is the easiest route. Uh, and so my, my guess is why, unless they are going to implement, like you said, a feature in the software that would change things and that's something that they can kind of promote as like, hey, here's this new feature. Um, there's no reason to change the buttons then. If you're not gonna, if they're not gonna do anything different, they're just gonna look different. Then what's the point? Just wait until you have the the haptic engine. Why do it for a year and then screw everything up? Unless yeah. they're doing, unless they're gonna do, which it is possible that the haptic engine buttons only come to uh, the pro models next year. Still, in which case the yeah. 15 could take this current design uh, if they change it this year and make it, you know, physical buttons, but they're different then the 16's base models would stay with those buttons. And the, I don't know. They're buttons at the end of the day. Lots of people that I made a video on it were like, I don't care. It's buttons. I'm like, yeah, I mean, hey, fair enough. Well, the, the action button is the is the interesting right, thing, really. Right. That's the thing that, like, that's why I'm intrigued. And also, I just want to see what that's like because we have had these buttons for, have they ever changed? I mean, uh, they might have changed in terms of the look. But the way they yeah, were placed... The look hasn't changed since the iPhone 6 in 2013. Yeah. Um, and even then, the look was basically changing back to what it was on like the iPhone 3GS. Yeah. So 
and the mute switch is the same. It's been the same since the original Forever. iPhone. Yeah. So I, I think it's pretty exciting, and especially which when I, you see how useful the action button is on the Apple Watch Ultra. Which, by the way, I fully agree that the mute switch needs to become something else because, uh, and you know, something that you can customize. Because I understand that there are some people out there who do mute their phones, but I feel like. And every time I say this, I get comments where people are like, that's not true. It's always the people who are more vocal are the ones who are the, the vocal minority, for sure. Because I feel like all the comments are mostly people that are that do this, but there are way more silent majorities out there uh, that definitely just keep their phones on silent at all times. And so, uh, you know, if we could change that into something more useful, let's do that. Yeah, or just give, you give users the choice, um, yeah, which right, is exactly. something that... It's just really useful. And yeah. you can even do something like um, double press does one thing, long press does something, and just a single press does something. So then you're getting three different functions out of something that previously was only doing one thing. The Even if, I mean, this is, I would much prefer software customization towards hardware, but uh, even some of the Android manufacturers like OnePlus that implemented an alert slider, they did three levels of like of, of sliding. So it was like, completely silent, vibrate, and then um, volume, per se, which is better yeah. than nothing, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's that's the news on the iPhone 15's solid-state buttons. Um, and then for WWDC, some good news for people who are holding out hope, me included, 15-inch MacBook Air, components are underway, Looks like we might get an announcement at WWDC, which would be nice, especially if the headset's not going to happen, uh, which I still think the headset's going to happen, but I, I, we're not going down. I think we're not, go, balance, we're not going, we're not going yeah. down that route. We're, we're going to say headset, headset. We're going to say headset free from now on for this episode. Ready? Go. No more headset talk. Um, so yeah, uh, are you going to buy a MacBook Air 15-inch? Uh not a 15 inch. I'm very tempted to get an M3 one when it comes out. And I think the thing that will finally push me is when it gets OLED next year. Uh, but the 15 inch, I've got a 14 inch MacBook Pro. I yeah. don't think, uh, I think it's a little bit too close. But for some people, this, if you don't already have a 13 inch MacBook Air, let's say you've got uh, a MacBook Air you've had for like five years at this point, maybe you bought I'd say something like the 2017 or 2018 macbook air this is a huge upgrade um, and a lot of people will be really excited about this device i think i fall right into the line of the perfect sweet spot i love my 14 inch size and form factor but i think the screen's just a little too small i love the 16 inch screen but it's so big i feel i feel like i fall right in the middle there so yeah. i would personally be cool with it um you know, I, for some reason, have all these weird thoughts about power and performance. And I don't know why, because I've already proved to myself that when on the go, I can easily edit a video uh, of mine and do everything that I need to do when I am on the go with a computer. Uh, and I've done that with the MacBook Air that's currently out. So you just need to make sure you up, up the specs that matter, uh, in which case that was RAM and the SSD for me. Well, actually, I upped, I upped everything because that was the, the best bet. Um, but, you know, just make sure you do that. I think the 15-inch would sell like crazy, honestly. I think the 13-inch is such a good yeah. such a good laptop that the 15-inch, just for those who want a little bit more uh, size, would be super happy. Yeah, I agree. And the thing 
that I'm most interested in to see, even though I won't buy this device, is what chips it will offer. Is it going to have M3, uh, which would be early for M3, but you know, goodness knows what Apple will do with branding it. Is it going to be some M2 variant, uh, or will it be will it be offered with multiple chip options? Will you be able to get it with M2 or M2 Pro? Because if you could get a 15-inch MacBook Air with M2 Pro, that's suddenly a very interesting device for some people that would be interested in the MacBook Pro. And I know there'd be some cannibalization there maybe, but if it lets some uh, customers probably like yourself that just needs a little bit extra performance and could take advantage of that, um, I think a lot of people would be really happy to go for that. Um, and then that allows them to increase the price of the MacBook Pro even more if they want to next time around, which I'm mm. sure they do. Yeah, I don't know if we want to do that, but I'm not I'm not for price increases, but you know. No, no, I'm not for it, but I'm just I'm just thinking about <laughs> well, you how keep they keep giving them the idea of it. Don't that. do that. Don't do that. Yeah, you know, I'm sure I'm sure Tim Cook listens uh listens to this this podcast. I, I feel like it's number one on his list. Uh yeah. so there is another piece of information for WWDC that I'm holding out hope on. Can you guess which one it is? You have the notes there, so you have a one in four chance. Which yeah. one do you think I'm really excited about? I think you're most excited about interactive widgets. Yes, sir. Let's go. Interactive widgets. iOS 17. Apple supposedly is considering it. Apple, let me help you out. You don't need to consider it. Just do it, please. You don't need to consider <laughs> this. Like this isn't like oh I'm just, I'm thinking about it, but like I don't know. Just do it. Like we all want it. There's not a there's not a world where you would be like, I'm going to make interactive widgets, but I just know that everyone's going to hate it. Like, no one's going to hate this, okay? Not a single, maybe one person, because everybody, there's always that one guy, but we don't care about that person. Yeah. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, just, let's just do this, and let's make it happen. And uh, yeah, what do you think? Are you excited? Yes, not care? Uh, especially when it gets into the hands of developers um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. some particular sort of third-party apps really seeing what they do with it um on devices like the ipad where you can get some really big widgets that could be really interesting um and i think just it would be a crowd pleaser you know mark german talked a few months ago about how there's going to be some sort of crowd pleasing features i think this could be one of them yeah i mean just like i don't need to open up a full app if like i don't know my tasks widget has a nice large ipad widget and i could just hit the plus button, add a quick task, and it goes there. And I don't have to do anything. Like, I don't have to do, like, I don't have to open the app, get distracted. I can add some stuff real quick. Uh, just being able to control things would be very nice. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Like, why do we not have playback controls uh, on the podcast app or the music widget? Like, I don't need to see the albums and jump into it. Like I want to be able to to skip fifteen seconds forward and back, or uh, you know, yeah. change the volume real quick or something. I don't know. So I'm excited. Well, there's there's any number of possibilities for that. Sure. Really. Um, and now we, you know, widgets uh, are present on the iPad. They weren't initially, and this is something that has sort of been rolled out. And now, obviously, they're on the Mac as well. Uh, it seems like this is the time. For it, uh, Apple introduces a feature and then iterates on it. At least with some of them, uh, and this is this is one of them. That's why this year we're quite likely to see maybe something like I don't know, maybe the app library on the Mac, or maybe we're going to see uh, uh, on the iPad 
lock screen customization. It sort of it goes in line with that sort of thinking of iterating on existing stuff year on year. Um, don't tell anybody about the uh, li- uh, app library on the Mac because that's my that's my wish list topic. <laughs> oh no! You just ruined one of them. Well, I'm 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 intrigued to discuss that with you in a moment. Okay. Well, we can we can do that here in a sec, but I mean. I, I, we were talking about how we don't really know what's going to happen, but now some reports about some of the software leaks are happening, and I'm all for this. I'm so excited. It's been slow. It has been slow, and I just cannot wait for content to happen and just new things. Um, you know, we talked. Maybe did we talk about this last week? I don't remember when the control center. I think we did. The control center news kind of hit. Um, yes. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm all for it, and we didn't really know what was going to happen to Control Center, but now it seems like a little bit more information came out where it was like kind of customizing uh, the design a little bit, which was you know really all you could do to Control Center is just give us more control, pun intended, uh, and you know let us kind of put things where we want to and change the look of it a little bit. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, anything that you. Uh, are excited about with some of this new WWDC news? Uh, I wouldn't say that the recent sort of reports we've had about iOS 17, at least, have excited me. They're nice improvements. Um, For example, the rumor about Siri moving to the dynamic island, potentially. Um, I think that is a really nice little extra feature, if indeed they do proceed with that. I just I already can see people getting furiously angry uh, about uh, the dynamic island not being used for notifications this year, but that's not going to happen. It needs to be more contextual stuff, and so Siri uh, living up there makes perfect sense. It does seem a little weird the way it's this floating ball at the bottom of the screen, especially on iPad. Um, it's it's odd its location there. I feel, and I know iPad doesn't have dynamic island yet, but I feel like the whole way that Siri is presented is something that uh, needs to be iterated on. And so if it can go in a logical place, if Dynamic Island can feel a little bit more purposeful, add some extra functions up there, I'm happy with that. But it's a nice quality of life improvement. It's not it's not gonna it's not gonna change the world. Dynamic Island needs to have notifications and it needs to be like a Oh like, no Dan. It does. It no not in the way oh, of like oh, no. well like here was my thought, okay? Like like I like how Android does notifications where you see the icons in the top left corner um, and you kind of know what's come in, um, especially if you're on Do Not Disturb, which I mean, like I'm on right now and I silence everything. And, you know, maybe I want to take a quick look in, you know, if I'm using my phone, I have it so nothing pops up. Uh, but, you know, you can see in the top corner, like on Android, you'll see the, the, the icon come in. So, you know, something came in and... Um, I think it should be like that in the dynamic island. The icons go there and then you long press and it takes you to like a notification center, like how we have the swipe down, but that's how you get into it or just a tap, however you want to do it. I don't care. Whatever's easier and whatever makes people happy. Um, So you tap on notification center-ish part of the dynamic island and it brings you to a nice redesigned way to interact with your notifications. And when you're using... Well, I... Uh, Go ahead. I, I will give you that. I'll give you that. I think okay. that does sound nice. 
uh, I think what I'm worried about and what I see people always wanting, and I can already see the comments coming in already saying that that I'm wrong to not want proper notifications. I'm talking about when notifications appear. Um, so when you're in an app and a notification card drops down, that should not be in Dynamic Island. I'd be okay with that too. But like, no, see, let me, let me explain why. Let me, let me explain my rationale here. So the reason why I like your idea of the icons is because it's contextual information. And there is a difference between different kinds of alerts on iOS. So say low power mode or a live activity or um, when you uh, put your phone on silent, these are not notifications. That is an alert. They are That is a very different kind of piece of information. So that sort of information should be in a different place to actual notifications. Otherwise, there's, there's, there's no clarity as to is, uh, is a low power mode alert a notification? It's sort of conflating different things. See... I don't know. I feel like you could I feel like you could make it work. Like make the notification if you want to I don't know. I I don't even remember. I can't even remember. What does it look like when a notification comes in with Dynamic Island? It goes underneath the island, correct? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay, so make that notification like box part of the Dynamic Island. Like like See, like it, it could be a little bit of a mixture of both. Intrusive. You think? I think like a big expanding black bubble would just look awful. And I think it yeah. would, it, it, it confuses the logic of when I see something in the dynamic island, I know it's like a background activity or a background alert, which is different to a, like an actionable notification. So they could do it both if ways. I see something like they could give you the ability, like we have three different ways to have notifications come in, like list icon and count right or something like that not even icon. i don't know it's list and count and something else um i i i feel like they could do it like if you want the old way then do it the old way but if you want it to all be in the island then you can have it in the island i don't know it just seems like the best maybe i, I i'm just very against this 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 idea but i i am intrigued i will say i am intrigued by your first uh by your first concept there with little icons that is a more interesting use to kind of suggest that there is some background uh, thing going on there that you could interact with. Um, yeah, and I'm fine with just I'm uh, fine with yeah, just that. Like that. I just think there needs to be like far more use of the dynamic island, like constant use. Right. Uh, like you know, right now I'm looking at it and it just has the lock icon on it pretty much at all times <laughs> because my phone is locked. Like, there's got to be something we can do in that space that's not just that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Like it, it could rotate like through your notifications, you know, like the icons that way. Um, it could sideways scroll for something. I have no idea. But I guess that kind of is like, well, well then what's, what is, uh, you know, the point of always on display? We kind of, we kind of, I suppose it. that's what they want to do with live activities. And if there were more live activities, um, for a wider variety of things, then that's kind of what that would be. But live activities, I just, they, I feel like they've not been adopted as much as I'd hope they would be. Um, and some apps do take really good advantage of it. And if you're if you're getting an Uber or something, it's really useful for that. That's clearly what it is for. But I sort of wonder if I've got an upcoming alarm, say in the clock app, could that not be up there in Dynamic Island? It's sort of 
alerting me about something that's going on in the background or that would be fine that way you know your alarm is set like Like if that that was constantly up there like it doesn't always have to take precedent but like uh you know we have the time sensitive like uh badge for certain notifications maybe we can add like what takes priority um but like if you're one of those people who freak out and don't know your alarm is set or whatever and you get the anxiety at least you can see hey i've got an alarm icon that means my alarm's set like these are such basic things uh that they could do. I don't know. But this seems like an iOS 17 wishlist episode again. And that's not what we're doing. Because today, it's macOS 14 wishlist. So let's jump in to our main topic. macOS 14 wishlist. Hartley, start with your most coveted thing you'd like to see in macOS 14. My most coveted. Okay. Uh... I'm going to say a complete redesign of the music and podcasts apps because what I am befuddled by with the music and podcasts app is that these were completely rewritten when Apple uh, sort of um, basically uh, sunsetted iTunes. And so it is a it is a native Mac app. It has been rewritten. And yet it looks basically like iTunes, but yeah. it offers nowhere near the same level of functionality and things just don't work properly. It's it, it is inexplicably slow and buggy. And actually, and I don't know if anyone will be able to attest to this, but I think it just sounds worse. I literally think the audio sounds inferior. Hmm. Um, I don't know why. But it does not sound as good to me listening to a song on a Mac and then I listen to it on an iPad or iPhone. Um, I don't know if there's something with the way that the audio is being processed. I've checked if I've got audio enhancement on or or whatever. I don't. Um, And I've tried it with different Macs. I don't know if it's just in my head because I don't like the app. But I think that there are some fundamental issues here, whether it's... Okay, I'll give you one example. Um, If I have an album that I'm listening to in Apple Music and I want to add it to my library, I tap the, or I click the plus icon and then it comes up with a little banner that says activity in progress. Okay. And it's adding it to my library and that just stays there sometimes for quite a while. And sometimes it doesn't add it to your library. Sometimes in where it shows you that little alert, it just says failed. Why? And why is the whole thing freezing when I do that? On an iPhone, I can just swipe across. It just adds it. It's done. But why is it this whole sort of background activity? And you're you're looking at these sort of statuses. It's like it's 2004. It feels really archaic. That's the sort of sense in which I mean it feels like iTunes, but in all the worst ways. Hmm. See, I don't use Apple Music, as I've said. I definitely don't use it a lot on the Mac, but when I have used it, you are not wrong when I say it's the slowest thing ever. It's so much better than what it was, and that's sad because this is still so slow. Why is it so slow to like load up your stuff and get going? I don't understand. Compared to like Spotify. Yeah, um, Spotify's app was one of the main things that drew me to trying out Spotify on the Mac. And it's just, it's an infinitely better experience. Um, 
there are some things I really like about having a sort of more ostensibly uh, powerful music app because you can do some things that you just can't do on iOS. So I wouldn't just want uh, the iPad app to be on the Mac because you can do things like smart playlists. You can supposedly do crossfade, um, but it just doesn't work. I'd be very interested to know if any of our listeners, it works for any of them at all if crossfade works. It is still up there um, in settings. You can turn it on. But for me, on all of my Macs, it has not worked in the slightest for years. I like these sorts of pro sort of features, especially smart playlists. I like being able to edit information. You know, if a uh, if you're listening to a pretty niche album and some uh, ignorant record label has typed the track name incorrectly, I like being able to go in and correct the track name. I like all of this stuff that is the is the proper like iTunes stuff but it's bringing over all the worst elements of it with its its horrific slowness and just inexplicable behaviors like if i want to delete a song from my library i have to uh click up at the top i have to um uh, click the three dots i then have to click delete song but then everything just stops playing it just doesn't move on to the next song it clears my up next queue it's just it's like i may as well just like shut down my whole mac as far as Wait, the music app is concerned. Can you not hit delete on your keyboard? Only if the song is selected in certain views, but not all views, because of course there's like random arbitrary limits. You can't delete it if you're viewing it in Apple Music, even though if, even if it's in your library. So the, the, the most convenient way that Apple makes it seem to be is that you click on the sort of now playing uh, view at the top, you click the three dots and then you click delete from library. But then why is my um, up next queue cleared? Why does all the music just stop playing? Mm. And, and then I have to go and find it again. And when if I do this on the iPhone, it's a completely different behavior. It just moves on to the next song like it should. So these are just a few examples, but I feel like the whole thing has just become a catastrophic mess. And the podcasts app, obviously there's a lot less functionality in there. Yeah. Uh, but they could be. They should be redesigned hand in hand because they both okay. are audio focused. Um, a lot of that functionality, a lot of that functionality, should be the same across both. And you wouldn't want it combined. Uh, no. Okay. And why? Because I like a sort of minimalistic approach to not overcrowding an app. I'm not. I'm not just looking for audio. I, I know quite clearly whether I'm looking for a music or a podcast. Um, and I feel like there are specializations that should be there for podcasts, like being yeah. able to speed things up, slow things down, show notes. And then you have things like lyrics um, and hopefully eventually sort of like you can in Apple Classical listening to, seeing lists of multiple versions of the same song, artist pages. So I feel like they should be specialized in their own ways and be separate apps this is one thing i did not like about spotify was the way that, that in the same place that is a good thing that you brought up there that i would love to see if apple music could do that uh what, what you brought up with apple music classical where you know that's kind of the whole reason why they built another app is just because there's so many bits of data and people and artists and you know composers and orchestras so many different types of of the same song done by a million different people. And so the the fact that they show you all of those in like one long scrollable list would kind of be cool to see for like covers. Like if I, you know, really yeah. like a song and there's a couple of, you know, you, just good discoverability on covers of songs you really like, it would be really cool 
uh, to just be like, hey, if you like this song, there are like 600 different versions of this. Go ahead and take a look. And even from the same artist, it's not just exclusive to classical music, especially with yeah. a lot of, you think of some particularly famous songs um, by particularly famous artists, and they have recorded the same songs five oh, times yeah. over. There's five different versions. Live um, versions. Yeah, demo versions. I should be able to just see those. Yeah. Um, and also just, ah, there's all these weird behaviors in Apple Music. And just one last thing I have to mention, which is it inexplicably duplicates albums. So you find you've got two of the same album, but the tracks are split across two different albums for some reason. So then you have to delete the whole thing and re-add the whole thing. Uh, it just, it all needs to be fully and completely reimagined as a as as a modern app suitable for the year that it actually is. Strange. I almost prefer, well, I, I don't know. I feel like people might get a little upset because there are different codecs that you can, I, I almost feel like, and maybe it doesn't do this. Uh, you would know better than I would. If I upload music from my library that I've had since, you know, I, you know, before streaming was even a possibility, everybody was just buying music on iTunes or um, not so legally downloading them online, uh, which was probably how I obtained most of my music back in the day. Uh, if I upload that as my library to, uh, well, as iTunes now, Apple Music, does it automatically replace the version that you uploaded to a better quality version from Apple Music? I think they both stay in your library. What do you mean? Well, if you've if you've got if you're are you talking about if you've already got a song and then you add a, uh, another version of that song that's higher quality? No, no, no. I'm I'm saying like I I I uploaded my library. Does it go in and automatically replace? Uh, like no, for I don't you? think it does. It should no, do that. I think um, I think it it just lets you keep your files, um, which is nice. I think it does change things like the album artwork though, which is a bit annoying and weird when it mismatches it uh, and puts something that is very much not. See, what I kind of wanted to do is I wanted to automatically recognize what I imported. And if it has those exact same versions, uh, you know, of the song, um, then just automatically replace it with a high res Apple Music version and just delete my file. We don't need that. Like, don't delete it, you know, from your computer, but just delete it from the library uh, so that it's shown, like, I, I want it to just be a streaming version. Uh, and then, you know, if you happen to come across a time where it doesn't work, I don't know. I, I feel like there's so many possibilities here of things that could go wrong. So I, kn I know why they wouldn't do this. But, like, that's kind of the reason why I have so many songs in there. But, like, I don't know. It's, like, very poor quality recordings from back when I uh, got the music in a poor way. And uh, it's, like... The album artwork's all messed up. The data's wrong. And I don't feel like going in there and fixing all of that. And so it's just kind of stuck that way. And one day I just need to sit through and do that. But um, yeah, that's kind of the main reason why I don't do that anymore. Well, I think that's uh, that's that's a lot of a feedback for Apple there about yeah, Apple music. music. Uh, what about you? Right. What's, your, what's your, your, most, your most wanted from macOS? Oh, boy. I don't know if any of these for me are most one. I guess I would like the core apps to be redesigned, primarily mail. I know a lot of people love the mail app. I uh, I don't love the mail app. Like the way it looks, I feel like it's very outdated. Uh, the features are catching up. We're getting there, but I feel like it could just be implemented better. Um, I don't know. I, I, I want like a cleaner look 
there are so many really nice email apps out there visually, but they like all have their issues performance wise and feature wise. So like we just need to take like some of the best features and the best design from all of the email apps and just make it one. Um, I feel like my wish for mail definitely stems from a from iOS too, but I just feel like the mail app is still kind of clunky. There's so many different boxes and mailboxes that I don't want visually there. Um, I don't know if I necessarily love the sidebar view of it anymore. I don't know. I don't know what I would change. I just don't like it. Uh, no, I, I completely get it. Um, I think that this, this sort of speaks to, I, I get this feeling and this was one of mine as well. So I'll kind of combine it with what you're, what you're saying, um, is with some of these apps that have been on the platform for years at this point, um, things like contacts and calendar as well, that yep. you are, you're really reliant on these sorts of apps. They're essential for a basic level of productivity, but the fact is they just haven't kept up with third parties. Um, yeah. and they should be able to do s at least some of the things that um, third-party apps have done when they're clearly really leading the way. Like the Notes app is so boring, just visually boring. Like, can we do a little bit more to it? Like, I, it works really well. I just want to make it like a little more like in-depth. We don't have to go like, you know, Notion style or Evernote style or anything like that, but like, let's just do a little bit more. Um, Bi-directional links would be the, the best yeah. thing. Same with notes. reminders. I would, I would love that. That I, in fact, I should have made that my top feature for macOS. Just give me yeah. bi-directional links in notes yep. and I will be very happy. Yeah. I mean, so I think the core apps need it. Um, calendar for sure. Make it more intuitive. Um, Maybe be able to see people's availability. That would be cool. Like if they're, yeah, if they're in their contacts, I don't know how they would manage that. Um, but well, maybe they just will do it. Um, or, you know, even uh, invite links should okay. be way more reliable. Um, yeah. There's there's just... I don't even get half the invite links. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's not as smooth as it should be. And just when I look at certain other apps like um, Fantastical or BusyCal, they are doing the same fundamental things. There's not an enormous amount more functionality, but it just works better. It provides you with a little bit extra context, like it provides you maybe with the weather or it shows you the sunset time with a little change of color on your calendar view. Just little touches like that. that mm -hmm. Apple should have implemented at least some of these, I feel like, or at least, be sh at least show that you are engaged in making this app a compelling productivity tool. You don't need to overwhelm me with a million features because I can go and subscribe to uh, Fan uh, Fantastical if I want um, a, you know, a booking system or I want fancy animations and all that sort of thing. But just show me that I, you, know, you are engaged in this as a serious productivity tool that you're happy to iterate on. Sorry, I'm still pretty exhausted from being sick, so I wasn't yawning at you. <laughs> but no, um, no, I, it's gonna I, I hope I'm not sending you to sleep. No, 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 no. I have been exhausted. Unless you're unless you're listening to this podcast and you are going to sleep, in which case, yeah, I hope I am. Podcasts are a weird thing. Like, do we want it to be comforting enough to where you fall asleep, or do we want you to stay awake so that you listen? Either way, as long as you are turning yeah. it on and letting it run, that is fine with us. Um, but yes. hopefully you're not falling asleep while driving. So let's pep this up a little bit more. Uh, do you have another wish list? I actually see your list, so I'm cheating, but I know you have more. Yes. Uh, I 
we'll go for a boring one now, but I think that it's a very important one, which is bug fixes. Boo. Because macOS has its share of them, doesn't it? So I've just mentioned, obviously, a whole bunch of them in the music app, but I noticed so many other bugs that irk me on a daily basis. So here's a few. Uh, the first one is in the notes app, copy and paste just stops working for no reason. So what I mean by stops working is it pastes things that you haven't copied. It doesn't <laughs> understand what you have copied and pasted. So it just pastes something else mm. uh, from the same place that you have copied and pasted, which is very annoying. And it means you have to restart the machine to get it to behave properly. Um, I also find a lot of problems with windows and say in split view the split sort of goes all translucent and apps start overlapping um, or different spaces this one's really bugging me at the moment uh, i i swipe over with a trackpad gesture to the space that i want and then one by one mac os just takes me right back to where i was without touching it and this happens to me on multiple macs there's no explanation and the only way to get it to behave properly is if you swipe up into a launch pad uh, and then go back and find the space that you wanted so i feel like there's a lot of bugs in safari as well um it does feel like a particularly uh sluggish key application yeah um, i know it's very That's... efficient no is it though i'm gonna come out and say it. that was one of my things not to hijack this but it just kind of goes hand in hand uh, I wanted Safari to just be lighter and smoother. Since when has Safari been... I feel like it overloads more than Chrome. I feel like it's slow. Uh, it, it's like, you know, I get the alert that it's using more power. Um, I don't know. I've been looking for a different browser. Uh, Arc browser, have you heard of that? It's relatively new. Yeah. I don't think... Yeah, it's really nice. It's like, it's a little more involved than... Um, you know, at first, but the whole point of it is to like, if you're someone who has a bunch of tabs, it's kind of like the ability to start fresh each and every time. And so it like does a good job of like making you close your tabs up and kind of have a clean look. Um, and you're way less distracted. It's basically just the window of what you're looking at. There's no toolbar or anything. You can bring those things in later. You can set up different spaces for work, uh, different spaces for just browsing, you know, media stuff. You can just set it up how you want um, and have different like bookmarks for that. I don't know. It's just a cleaner, faster browser. I've noticed everything's so much faster in there. It does run off of Chrome's whole thing, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I find myself liking Chrome more than Safari, which is, I don't know. I yeah. Chrome is the better browser, I'm sure. I just don't use it because I like the ability to use Safari on my iPhone and have things linked together and, you know, everything just... Keychain is another big one. Well, that's the biggest um, thing, too. Um, yeah. You know, just integration with the ecosystem. That's what keeps me using Safari. Um, otherwise, I definitely use Chrome. I have it on my device. I, you know, I like to use it every now and then. Uh, but it's it's a it seems to me like a it goes in this it, right. It does in the same sort of area as bugs and and sort of issues with the system that I understand. macOS has been around for a very long time. There's a lot of deep issues there and a lot of deep bugs. Um, but I, I feel like these should be the things I'd rather have uh, bug fixes than glossy new features. 
there needs to be like some sort of well and this might be a new like a glossy new feature if you if you uh want to take a page from your book but like i feel like it's a useful one uh chrome just started recently doing this or recent to me since i noticed um where you have like different profiles now you can use you can sign into different google accounts and use that as your profile for your browsing like so you don't have to necessarily log out of your main google account like and this is maybe a niche thing for me because i have so many different google accounts but like one's personal one's for my side youtube channel one's for the main mac rumor stuff like and i i don't want to i don't know i watch a lot of youtube i watch that on my personal account but i upload youtube videos to two different youtube like google accounts and so like i want to be able to just click a button launch into that and it uses that google account for gmail for calendar for youtube and it's not like because right now i use google chrome specifically for uploading mac rumors videos like it's insane why do i have to do that yeah. It's just so much easier. Yeah, because if I use it on Safari, I'm logged into my main one for what I watch YouTube videos on, but then I have to sign out of that, go into the Mac Rumors one, and then when I want to watch a video, you know, and this is just like a constant thing. It seems like a whiny thing to complain about, but uh, it's it's annoying. So just give me like the ability to have two different profiles, one for work and one for not. Yeah, that's a great feature. Um, that would be really useful. I think yeah. that uh, even when it comes to some of the existing features in Safari, like um, tab groups, they are very unreliable uh, <laughs> to me. They, you know, I, I delete stuff. I close a, I close yeah. a tab straight back up. Uh, I endlessly delete stuff from it. It's, it. I assume it's a sync issue. But you, you've introduced this new feature. You want me to use it. I'm on board with using it. I'm, I'm interested in it. But you just make it impossible for me to use it, um, and when I want to launch a, so I want to launch something in Safari in Chrome, it will always use the last window you have open. So if I click a link, say in Apple Notes, and it's going to open, it will open in Chrome's last uh, active window. In Safari, it will go to some sort of arbitrary window that probably was the first one you opened on the machine, which is just a terrible experience because. Yeah. If you're opening something for work, but you first thing in the morning open something that was personal, it's going to open in the personal window, even if you haven't touched the personal window for six hours. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's, uh, I, never, that's a- I think tab groups is awful. I don't know. Like I tried to make one and maybe I'm just not using it correctly. I don't know what it's for, but like, I don't like that if I do close a tab, like I feel like those tabs should not be able to be closed as easily to where they're just gone. And you have to start figuring it out again. Because especially if you're using them in the way they intended, which was for collaboration, if somebody accidentally closes something and the other person in the group was like, dude, what? why would you do that? I was still looking at that. Like there should be at least a version history. I don't know, maybe there is. And I, I just don't use it as much. Um, but for me, like I started using it as like a way to keep track of like things I wanted for the new studio. But then I'd accidentally close something without realizing it. And that's just gone, and now I have to figure it out. What, what you know, what was there? Those should be like pinned tabs in a tab group, and See, to where if you want to get rid of them, it should be a little issue. harder. That was that's the opposite issue to what I've had. Oh, so you when I you're close just, a tab, yeah. it just reopens. No, I don't get I that. When I close, I it's close gone. Anything. No, so we have two different issues going on. Um. So no, no. what? What next? What would you say? Uh, 
is your next choice? Well, I wanted App Library in the dock. I don't like Launchpad. I think it's useless. I think it's completely useless. Um, and it's annoying as well when you get an app on the end of the row and you're trying to drag it to a folder and it just endlessly, you're in this weird dance with the app. Why is it swipe-based only? Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, not everyone uses a trackpad. Not everyone uses it. They have mice. Uh, they exist. And not everyone's using a magic mouse. So we don't swipe back and forth. Like, that's not a thing. Uh, Logitech has very popular mice available. And uh, lots of people use them, myself included. And, you know, I don't want to have to program a button to be able to get to a freaking app. Why do I have to swipe from side to side? Now, when I'm using the trackpad, okay, I get it. Like, let's just change that. Let's just make it more useful. Uh, it doesn't just pick up the whole screen either. Nope. No, it does not. <laughs> it really doesn't. Um, and, I, I mean, most of the time I don't use Launchpad because I use... Uh, what's it it's a spotlight i use that a little more which is i guess gonna tie us into i think we both had this uh you know make spotlight more like alfred which we'll touch on in just a second but if you're going to insist on us keeping launchpad it needs to be app library personally i like the look i think that's where it makes sense to make it a scrollable list uh because now you're using something that people are very used to scrolling on um is there anything that you'd want to improve on that uh, well, I, I just think that the reason why you need app library is because the way that apps just endlessly just pile into Launchpad just seems like a terrible, terrible experience to me. And they aren't organized when, by when you any get a means. New Mac, when you get a new Mac and you're setting up a new Mac and you're downloading apps, what do you do? Do you just, do you leave it? Do you try and put them in some folders? How do you go about it? Oh no, I don't touch Launchpad at all. And honestly, that's where yeah. they could make it more useful. When you when you download or when you get a new Mac, they should like pre-populate Launchpad with all the apps that you've downloaded uh, in the past. And then you should be able to be like, like they don't like auto-download, but they should be there to be like, yeah, okay. Like right out. Right. One touch, download, download, download. And if you don't want it, just exit out, you know? Or, or maybe yeah. like they can figure out a way to use, I don't know, AI in the future to like make that an AI future. Be like, hey, we know you've used these apps. We have your screen time uh, linked to this. We know you use this quite a bit. Here's that suggestion. It is automatically here for you to download. I don't want to have to go in. And I you know a lot of the apps I do use, I do have to download two separately. Um, well, not a lot, but there are some. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there should be like, an easy way for me to do that. Setting up a new Mac sucks. Unless you use yeah. the the transfer thing, which I it just takes forever. It's not worth it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I never use it um because I find that because so much uh stuff kind of builds up in your on your Mac that no, you yeah. can't see like Fresh random start. files and uh in a way that it just doesn't on an iPhone. Um I guarantee if you go into if you go properly into your file system you will find stuff. You just don't know whether that came from a third-party app or whether that actually is something that the system needs. Um, so it's always better to do a clean install. Um, yeah. That's why your Mac is way faster when you first get it. And they, you know, they thankfully made like wiping a Mac so much easier. You know, the whole erase all content and settings option now is like. So I almost recommend people just do that. Like, I don't know, every six months or so, every year at least, fully wipe your Mac. 
if and only if there was a new, a better way to set it up again, an easier way to be like, hey, we're going to retain all of your settings. We're going to retain all of, you know, everything that you want us to retain. Just let us know. And then here are the apps that you had. They're not downloaded. But if you want to, just a one tap or at least put that in the app store. Uh, you know, this was what this was 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 on your Mac or this is the app that's on your Mac Pro, your MacBook Pro, your MacBook Air, your wife's Mac, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. That's that's, that's one a, of them. That's a good suggestion. Yeah. I think there's a lot they can do with that. Um, Spotlight more like Alfred. You want to take the lead on that? Right. Yeah. So uh, these sorts of apps, Alfred's been around for a very, very long time, but... I feel like they've really exploded over the last few years in popularity, especially with uh, one of the other sort of big rivals to Alfred, which is also very, very good, called Raycast, um, which is is free. Um, it's definitely worth a try. If this sounds like a bit of an abstract concept, I never used to understand these apps. I, I knew about Alfred for years, and I thought, why do I need this? I don't understand. It's just Spotlight. I promise you it's not just Spotlight. Try it. Try one of these apps and you will understand just how fast it is and just how it completely changes the way you interact with your Mac. You don't need to go and navigate to stuff in the same way. It does take a little bit of uh, configuration uh, if you really want to make the most of it and to set up some sort of custom actions. But what these launchers do is they enable you to obviously launch apps um, which I know you can do from Spotlight, but you can uh, you can tie it in with other functions and other features to search for things very deeply, search within specific apps, uh, maybe to add to your task manager as well. Uh, maybe you can enable dark mode, and you may think, well, why do I need to enable dark mode? I can just go up to you know the the menu bar and just do it from there. But the point is, you could just go uh, command space, you type DRK enter, and you're in dark mode and it's instant, it's so fast. And so if you can do this for a whole bunch of your interactions with your Mac, um, you you are doing things extremely quickly. Um, even other stuff like Alfred does some great stuff with contacts. You type the name of a contact um, and you press enter and it makes the, the phone number really big on your display which is so much more useful than just getting the contact card where the the, the phone number is really, really tiny. So there's, there's so much you can do with it, especially when you think you can run shortcuts from it. You can tie all this functionality in. And maybe I'm not requesting that Apple just uh, Apple just sort of absorbs Spotlight and Raycast because they're both doing great things. And I, I want third-party apps uh, for people that want a more uh, pro experience. But I feel like Apple could definitely take some cues from what these yeah. apps are doing. Um, that's the that's the other thing is like I feel terrible whenever we like hey you should just take these features from these apps these poor developers but if you're paying them handsomely then I don't feel quite as bad to where we could say just absorb what they're doing make sure you don't steal it you know <laughs> there needs to be some sort of proper proper way to get these poor developers that have created such useful applications um, I don't think it's so much that they need to completely absorb these sorts of features. It's just if you want a, a, a much more, uh, if you want a lot more control, if you want what is what they would, what Apple would call like a pro experience, then you can look to a third party app. But I'm just more meaning about a basic level of functionality. Apple should be able to look at these launchers and just think, even if we just took like five basic features that would be useful to all users. 
that is something that, that should exist. And I sort of feel like this should be a system-wide thing that you should, that, that app developers that develop for the Mac should be able to plug in to Spotlight to deliver stuff through Spotlight. I don't know why that's not there. Yeah. I feel like Apple is just really weird. Like, does that become a privacy thing, letting them into more and more and more part of the system? It would just be an API. It would just be right. I so mean, you've got a task manager. I can trying to help them out with excuses because there is yeah. no excuse. It should be, it should be like they should be able to be able to like add. You know, I'm the productivity is where the most useful th thoughts come to mind. So like things should have a spotlight. Something you know, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what, but. Well, like, like even just the quick add function, which I know Things has a great implementation um, of that, and you can do it anyway. But when you imagine this for, say, reminders, I want to add a new reminder. Um, mm -hmm. The only way to do that is to actually open the reminders app or use Siri. When in Spotlight, why can't I just uh, do command space um, R space um, remind me to do something? To remind um, you to turn off your watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and uh and then you know, just uh hit enter and that's yeah. in reminders no 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 so, so i agree i agree there's loads of applications. I mean, like timers you know we've got a clock app on the mac now yeah why is that not in spotlight yeah Weather? there's so many things that are in there that like you're like okay that was great but like why do i need that over some of the basic things um i don't know a raycast is really nice i actually haven't used it since it like first launched uh, and I think I did a video on it and then I kind of just didn't use it continuously because uh, a lot of it is just muscle memory. You just need to actively learn the application, figure out how it's easier for you to to work with and like put it into your workflow and then just do it. Um, and so that's just, I'm, I'm actually going to do that again because looking at it, it is very nice, visually nice. That's another thing. It could, like, Spotlight could could benefit from a nice visual redesign. Um, but like adding in extensions and things from other third party, like that is what it's missing. You're 100% right on that. And they need to do that. Um, and that seems like that might be, that is one of the things that there was like heavily improved spotlight was like one of the rumored features for 17 for iOS 17. I don't know about Mac. Yeah. So I don't know if it will be, I don't know if it will be extensions because the search on iOS is so bad and so slow you type in the name of an app and it takes like seven seconds yeah. to load the just to present the search results to you so i wonder if when they talk about enhanced search they're just re they're just meaning how it looks and how it performs yeah uh, i wow. wish it was extensions i really wish it was but uh, uh, maybe I'm extensions sure doesn't make as much sense for ios like i can understand if we don't get i mean i, I would love it but uh, maybe it's not as important I, I for mac os like on the on the ipad on the ipad sure um if you love using a launcher you can't install anything like that so you do still have spotlight and the way that it behaves on ipad is very similar to how it behaves on the mac uh, yeah. that is a place where i would really benefit from being able to add to my task manager or being able to, it would it would help me work. It would literally help me work on the iPad. I have set up some actions in Alfred that I literally use dozens of times a day to help me with my work. Um, so, for example, um, I have one where I can search for uh, a Mac Rumors article on our website. So I have that mapped to MS for Mac Rumors search, and so I just do command space MS space. And then I type the word I want, like iPhone, I hit enter, and it immediately shows me all of the Mac Rumors articles 
that have the the word iPhone in the title, which is so useful to me because it means I don't need to navigate to Mac Rumors, then click in the search bar and then type it in and then press enter. It removes all of these extra steps. So if I wanted to work from my iPad, there's all of this extra baggage that I just don't need on a Mac, which is why the Mac is a more productive tool. Yeah. I want that level of improvement and search and I want it across every built-in app as well uh, because you're just reminding me how horrific the mail app is and they improved that last year and I just don't know where because it is still so hard to find emails from people and specific search phrases and things that I, I am just I'm amazed but uh, that's slightly off topic. I'm not complaining about the, the mail app search because I think it is better I you do, do? Think it's better. I have to give I... credit for credit's due. Yeah. Uh, how many different email accounts do you have? Like five or six. Oh, geez. That's even more than me. I think I have three that I use primarily. And uh, I think it's horrendous to find contacts and like like specific emails. And also, also. Yeah, maybe. Specific emails. And also, sometimes they get that. I don't know if it's a bug or if it's just the way it works, but like. If there's like 20 emails in the thread, sometimes it's just, I, I think this happens across all where you're just like, you don't see the individual like button to take you to that message and it just like scrolls you all the way down. Yeah. The way that uh, mail sort of um, a feed of messages is presented but on all of uh, Apple's mails app, uh, mail apps across all platforms is is confusing. It is bad, especially uh, if once you're used to it, I feel like you know that you need to look a little bit deeper in an email. No. So you, it, even though in search it isn't necessarily the one you're looking for, you kind of know it might be buried at the bottom. I feel like to show a sort of sub view of the different emails is what is needed for more sort of average users to understand how to use the mail app a little bit better. I know this sounds like, and there are apps that do this, and I always think it looks a little gimmicky and childish and things, but like I almost kind of want it to just be a chat at this point. Just make it an iMessage-based mail app and make it look like that. It would just be oh, so no. much It would just be so much easier to find things uh, and know who's commenting on what, like especially if you're on a chain with multiple CCs and things. Like maybe the ability to write your email stays the same, but then when you're looking at it, it looks like a chat contextual, like, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Okay. I can sort of see where you're going with that. Yeah. It just needs to be cleaner. I don't need to see all the list of emails and like things in the thread. Uh, like, I don't know. I, just the way it looks now, I'm not a fan of. Um, but let's, we're, 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 we're up against time. So let's just rapid fire like one sentence uh finish okay. off this list uh for me final cut improvements and i have one specific thing that i'd like to see to final cut and that's auto captions uh premiere has auto captions and like captions being huge for uh social media content these days that there's no good way to add captions in uh final cut and i have been looking even for like plugins and things it stinks <laughs> like you have to just manually add it in and I'm not doing that. I'm just not doing that. There needs to be, there are some plugins where you can like upload a text file and then you still got to go in there and make sure it's timed up. And it's just, it's horrible. And now like there are apps on iOS that you can, it's literally called captions and you upload a video and it uses AI to 
figure out what you're saying and it is so accurate and then you can just go in and fix what's not but I've, i haven't even had to fix anything as long as you're speaking relatively clearly it is super accurate and then it's just so much less work and now premiere has it built in to its editing software or adobe has it edit, um, added in and so final cut it just needs to be a thing and it, it, there needs to be more like options for short form content like that's where you could use AI. AI could figure out a way to go in there and be like, I suggest that you, this would be a good clip for you to like cut out and use for social media. Let's get it sized up appropriately. Let's get it auto framed. Uh, there's technically some sort of like auto frame feature for making it vertical, but it's not very good. Like that's where it could do. It can analyze and observe the scene and use its ability to be like, okay, this person slightly off-centered. It's not correct. Let's position you, you know, properly. Leave the adequate amount of headspace. Um, you know, for the four people listening that edit videos, you you know, you agree with me. Everybody else is like, all right, what's what's Hartley? I said one sentence. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I do actually I do have experience of uh, trying to put subtitles on Final Cut Pro horrible, horrible videos, and it is, and I had to do it manually for. Uh, social media videos for uh, quite a quite a long time, and it was very miserable. So I do know. Uh, but very quickly, my other improvements would be some in basic improvements to file management. I feel like it requires far too much pruning. It requires it's far too sort of. Uh, it gives you far, almost far too much control. I would like to be able to set up optionally a sort of more automated system for file management um, where it can understand if it's a PDF, it needs to live with my other PDFs. Um, and then I can, you know, maybe add some tags for simpler automated file organization. An app to look for that does this as a third party, which is excellent, is an app called Hazel. So maybe take some cues from that. Uh, what's your next one? Um, ooh, I think we touched on a, a split screen improvements. I That's don't even know that that really, I mean, we have split screen, but like, and that kind of goes in conjunction with like window snapping. Like why haven't they implemented that system wide and based? I don't understand, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, leading off from that, I would say stage manager improvements. So we got stage yeah. manager last year with macOS Ventura. Um, and I've really tried to like it, but I feel like they need to try and address some of the issues. It's not as bad as it is with iPadOS, um, but in terms of switching between views and the heaviness of the animations and the way that this works with spaces and the way that it works with um, uh, the other sort of multitasking features on the Mac, I feel like that needs to be smoothed out. Stage manager isn't done. Don't just drop another multitasking feature on us. Try and tie these things together a little bit more. Uh, I wasn't going to say this because we said it before, um, but I think universal notifications needs to happen. Uh, but more importantly, notification redesign. We've talked about this before. Um, and I think there needs to be Honestly, this is where I feel like the dynamic island makes sense for the Mac. Like, let's remove that notch now. You put it in there. We're, we're, we're shell-shocked. We're over it. Now make it an island and make the make, make that the new notification area and the new, like, make that useful for us on Mac. Uh, there's so much more screen real estate up there. I don't know. Yeah, or, or just, uh, just in, in, in a more... 
if they're not going to go that far, we, I understand if they've got things like menu bar. I would really like to see Dynamic Island on the Mac long term. I agree, yeah. um, but I would just like the notifications to be a bit more purposeful. It's it's they feel so sort of crammed in um, where they're located. I never look through them. I never really use them. No. Um, I, I obviously do. I glance at them. If there's something I have to look at there or I have to dismiss, then I do. But I don't I don't look at it in the same way as I do on any other device. Um, and the same goes for widgets on the Mac as well. And that's where it makes the most sense to have notification icons be is in the menu bar. Like we don't need all of the menu bar. At, like, you know, I don't know. There needs to be a like organization for the menu bar apps that you have. Um, and then there needs to be just like, I don't know, an ever revolving list of like notifications that come in the icons, maybe they circulate, like letting you know that something happened and then you can go and look at notifications. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the redesign needs to be for notifications, but it needs to be done because it's bad and I never use yeah, it. It's, and it's not, I don't it's not like a great it. experience at the moment. Yeah. I think that's, that's really what it is. And notifications coming in from the top, right. Doesn't make sense. The center a little bubble. Just like, I don't know, just come in through the top center. I see. I don't mind them. I don't mind them on the side because when you're dealing with a bigger display, it does make sense to me being there. I think my bigger issue is just the way that they're this little weird crammed list above widgets. Um, yeah. And I feel like on a display that big, they should be displayed to me in, in a way, whether it's like, um, maybe it's like a sort of carousel that you scroll through might make a little bit more sense to me. Um, but it's just it's a it's it's a presentation issue, a design issue first and foremost. I think. All right, last one. Would you put widgets on your home screen on your desktop? Interactive uh, ones. Uh, no. Wow. Because I feel like my 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 desktop gets so messy when I put loads of windows all over the place. I've got so many overlapping windows. I already can't see everything. Already it's just a, a mess of different windows and files. So if I had widgets behind that, it, it's going to just make it even more messy and I'm not going to be able to tell what's a window and what's a widget. What so happened to my, the What happened to the widget that. center? What, what what was like an F12 key that you pushed and it brought you that yeah. stupid <laughs> like it took over your whole screen and you could play chess? <laughs> yeah wasn't that well, the old school yeah um it wasn't launchpad was it am i no that's not launchpad what was it called uh, was it just called widget center or something it did have a specific name i honestly don't remember but i know exactly the feature you're talking about but now we actually have like modern widgets i wouldn't be wholly opposed to something like that if maybe it was also uh used say it was with app library say if the uh app library has to take up the whole display if on the left uh side of the display i can pin four widgets that would sort of make sense to me i feel yeah all right that's it we've gone very long that's our mac os 14 wish list um obviously comment right now if you've made it this far and let us know your mac os 14 wish list and uh, we'll come, you know, maybe one day we'll do a, um, like a relook, re, re, like a look back of uh, all the stuff that we asked for and see what we actually got after uh, WWDC happens. So, all right. Mm, catch you guys. Catch you guys in the next video or the next video, the next podcast.